Hi, you're listening to the Android Guys podcast. My name is Scott Webster. I'm here today with John. Hey, John. Hey, Scott. How are you? So I'm doing pretty good. Um, wanted to talk today about uh, mobile virtual network operators. It's a mouthful, right? It is. I prefer MVNO. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> so today's uh, topic is MVNO, and that does stand for mobile virtual network operator. And uh, I think a lot of people may not know what they are by name, but they might identify what they are by a particular brand or by some kind of provider, uh, carrier, advertisement, something that they may have seen, uh, or they may actually be signed up for service with and not realize that they're on an MVNO. Uh, so let's jump into what one is. And for that, I'm going to use Wikipedia's definition. It says that uh, an MVNO is a wireless communications service provider that does not own the wireless network infrastructure over which it provides services to its customers. An MVNO enters into a business agreement with a mobile network operator to obtain bulk access to network services at wholesale rates and then sets retail prices independently. An MVNO may use its own customer service, billing support systems, marketing, and sales personnel, or it could employ the services of a mobile virtual network enabler. So that's a lot of words. Uh, let's drill that down and distill it and make it something that people understand. Sounds good. Um, basically, they're service providers that uh, people use for their Wi-Fi, uh, mobile data, and Phone calls, of course. Uh, so it's going to be a brand that licenses service or towers uh, from another company, and often that's your tier one or the big players. Now, for the sake of today, we're going to talk about the U.S. market, but this is not something that's exclusive to the United States. There are MVNOs all over the globe, um, but for the sake of keeping things short and concise, uh, we'll talk a little bit more specifically about the U.S. market. Um, I mean, I've heard of, of a handful of these guys. I right. Mean, how many, I mean, is there like one or two per carrier? I mean, is it split up like that, or is there a lot more? There's a lot of them. And really, when you look at, uh, and I did check to see some stats here to find something that's up to date, uh, that... According to Wikipedia, there are 139 of them in the U.S. alone. Wow, that's so a lot. let's talk about what they are, them. Uh, these are brands that uh, license towers and service from Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, the big four carriers. And um, a general rule of thumb I've found in looking at these is the bigger the carrier – the less likely they are to have other carriers under them. Really? So, yeah, it's a soft rule, uh, but it does kind of bear itself out if you look at okay. it. Um, so just for example, let's just name a couple of them, and we'll get to this more towards the end, but a couple of the more common ones that you'll see advertised right now are Cricket and Boost Mobile yeah, and Metro, which used to be Metro PCS. Yes. But those are Sprint, AT&T, and T-Mobile brands that use their respective networks or towers but have their own branding, their own rate plans, their own 
handset selection, everything is independent. So you're saying they're they're another brand. So right. those are actually owned by the carrier. That those are examples of those three. Okay. So not all MVNOs are necessarily owned by a carrier. They okay. can be their own company that licenses the infrastructure. So a company like Cricket uses AT&T's towers but has its own rate plans, um, has its own uh, retail presence, its own customer service, but their phones are AT&T compatible. Okay. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, you have to go to Cricket to get your phones. So you have a few things, and let's just kind of break that down. Yeah. Um, an MVNO can be its own company. It, let's just say, for instance, you and I decided we wanted to start our own cell phone company and we wanted to provide service. We could go to Verizon and say, hey, we want to lease your towers. We want to license the ability you know, for our customers to use your towers. Now, if you're a big company or let's say you're the biggest like Verizon, right? you don't necessarily need to. I mean, you've got you know, 70 some million. Well, actually for them, I think it's like 150 million subscribers uh, last check. And I don't know for sure, but I think that's right. But if you're somebody like Sprint and you're much lower, you can make some extra money off of your towers. You can basically say, hey, um, you know, we can let somebody else in. Let's say you, let's use a hotel as an analogy. Maybe if you're constantly booked and all your rooms are full and you've got, you know, no reason to really have to worry about it, people are just going to come to you, sign up, and they're going to pay your rate. But if you struggle to fill your room or you run different promotions or whatever, you might consider, hey, you know what? I've got another guy who will pay me and he'll go out and he'll fill these for me. He wants to kind of sublet or use that space for me okay. or use our infrastructure that we've already built. He's going to have his own plan. So he might, you know, as part of the special signing up with that guy, maybe he leaves, he brings you breakfast in the morning and a newspaper and leaves these at your door. Or maybe he'll come rub your feet for you while you're sleeping. Like <laughs> right. he gets to decide what those features are, but he's using your space he, your so he hotel. has he's going to use those rooms right. and we're going to pre-allocate those mm-hmm. rooms for use right to be sublet by somebody else but then from there they can do with it what they want right under i'm sure certain and this is again this is right. a, this is a, a loose metaphor um but now one of the differences that you'll find is um and this is where we can get into the benefits and the drawbacks of them um, they don't get necessarily priority when maybe the network, let's just say this hotel and once a year there's a big event in this town and people come in and they come to check this event out and hotels all over the place fill up. I know that I'm going to fill it up on my own. Well, maybe for that period, I'm going to say, you know what? I don't want or don't need that guy to sublet those or to fill that for me. So in terms of cell phone, that if the network gets congested, congested or it's peak times and 
Okay, so maybe what happens is Verizon says, you know what, we're going to give our tier one, our subscribers, the faster data, the, you know, the throughput that they can use that they've paid for. And the companies that are MVNOs underneath of the Verizon network are going to kind of get um, second tier. They're going to be basically deprioritized. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of one of the drawbacks of signing up for one. Right. So. So I guess, I mean, I I, I can see that. And And that does make sense. Maybe why Verizon doesn't need it. I would think if you were larger, you had the towers, it would make sense. But yeah, if they're going to deprioritize uh, service mm-hmm. uh, for their own customers, which makes sense. I mean, they right. want to serve their customers first. Then the other ones, the other carriers who may have won some of that spectrum and have it but aren't utilizing it and could have somebody else help pay part of those bills at a wholesale rate right. can do it. It's almost like uh, subletting an apartment that, hey, I'm not here. Hey, hey, people Airbnb their stuff. You still basically own the home, but somebody could come in. But you can decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to raise my own rates because I can see the draw. It Kind of a loose analogy. And, and people who really, really know MVNOs and how they operate, they're probably going to get mad listening to this description <laughs> you know, right. that we're using. But trying to keep it somewhat simple. No, that I, that honestly, that really helps. Uh, a couple of interesting things here in the U.S. market that I found is, in addition to being uh, 139 MVNOs in the U.S., uh, approximately seven out of 100 subscribers are on an MVNO. Wow! Uh, and that equates to about 23 million customers total. And the number of customers has doubled since about 2009. So just in the last decade. Uh, the number of people, so we've gone from basically 11 or 12 to 23 million people on there. Hmm. Um, let's talk about some of the benefits of, yes. an, of an MVNO. Right. Um, one of them, you know, a few years ago, uh, this would have been a big deal to a lot of people. Now, a lot of the, t- the top tier carriers are, uh, they've gone away from contracts. They've gone away from the two-year service agreements. Right. Uh, but that was one of the big differentiators is MVNOs tend to be prepaid and they are no contract. So you're going to sign up for service and you can walk away anytime, which was, you know, prior to the big carriers getting into that, that's a pretty big deal because right. contracts could be two, $250 to break. Yeah. Uh, rate plans. You've started to look into some of the different companies and we'll get I to did. some specific brands. But that's another big difference is the actual rate plan. And, you know, somebody who, if you're a single line and you're looking at, you know, maybe you need five gigabytes of data, or let's say you only want three, you go to one of the bigger players, you're going to spend, you know, $50, $60 a month for unlimited, uh, give yourself a pretty decent amount of data. But through an MVNO, they may offer you a plan with a mu- as much data as you need. Maybe it's not unlimited, but it fills your needs. The actual how much I'm going to use right. each month. And you may find that that plan can be $25 or less, depending on your usage. Uh, some things that MVNOs do, some of them will 
try to use Wi-Fi connectivity first instead of LTE. So they try to prefer to offload the, the demand or the needs off of the towers and Sounds. use your Wi-Fi. So if you, if you work from home or you have an office with Wi-Fi, you're not really using any data anyways, and you're not really using the, the towers for your phone calls either. That makes a lot of sense. So that's a pretty big deal for that a lot could, of people. I mean, it is. I, mean, I, I, I can see that in looking at saving, and if the savings is significant, most of the time between home and office, I'm on a great Wi-Fi connection, mm-hmm. and I can easily make calls there and really the amount of time that it's i'm on the highway <laughs> you know sure. usually if i'm calling i mean it, yeah obviously around town but that that does make a big difference if that's where most of the calling is going to be and then from there you're not actually out using your data if you're driving you, you tend to not be using the data so much as your um you know for your phone yeah another feature of using a uh, MVNO is they tend to have a little bit higher rated uh, quality of customer service. Interestingly, you know, some people don't know of these brands or don't actively go after them, but they tend to have a higher rating um, from, you know, JD Power or uh, different organizations who do independent studies. They find that MVNOs have really good customer service. That's interesting because I think, you know, I see the billboards for, which is really the only time I see these J.D. Powers, is on like a billboard for one of the major carriers. And it'll say, uh, you know, four-time winner of the J.D. Power Award. But, um, I mean, I'm not sure how many MVNOs are available in my area or how much are even marketing. And they probably don't have the marketing dollars to push that either. Right. So maybe that's a reason to not hear about it. Well, and when you think about the major carriers, a lot of times everybody's got something they can, you know, a feather they can put in their cap. Largest network, fastest network, most reliable network. And then you look at some of these studies, they break them down over regions. So there may be one that just says... You know, we're the number one rated in the Midwest. And you can put that out there and put a little asterisk that says, you know, we're the number one rated customer service in Ohio or in Northeast U.S. Um, And then somebody else might say, well, we have the number one rated call quality. You know, so it depends on how you look at it. Everybody kind of has their own things. And rightfully, they, you know, should stand on those uh, accolades. But... When you look at, um, you know, an MVNO, you can't, it, it's, it gets a little muddier because I don't know if some of that falls on to this is actually a Verizon or an AT&T award because of the network. Uh, but the actual customer service, when you call and say, hey, I'm having trouble with my uh, looking at my bill or understanding it, or I'm having trouble um, getting service or my phone seems to be giving me issues, you know, that's where the customer service for MVNOs tends to skew a little higher, which is kind of counter to some of the drawbacks. Um, I say, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at this, I mean, I say like that sounds good. And I have been thinking about looking at some of these other alternative carriers, some I found are only really web based. I'm not sure how many of these have local. I mean, I've heard like I knew like Boost Mobile was Sprint, um, and 
but just if I look at one of these other carriers and it is priced right and I'm getting the quality that I need because I'm always on Wi-Fi and my data use outside is typically only a few gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are, I mean, why wouldn't I want to do it? Like, what are some of the drawbacks? Um, one of them primarily is uh, the retail presence. You know, a lot of people like to go into a store and talk to somebody. They like to pick up the phone and feel that and to to test it out and to compare one thing to another and ask just some questions, however basic or involved that might be. Uh, some of these MVNOs do not have a retail presence. Some of them are basically online only, and you can't go in and see somebody. But on the other hand, when you look at the customer service, they tend to do a little bit better. And this is how you know sometimes they can offer a more competitive rate is they don't have to pay for the overhead that comes with having a retail oh, environment. Oh, right. So they're able to kind of oh, offset that. Does that does make a big difference. Um, handset selection is another one that, for a lot of people, kind of takes a hit uh, or makes a big deal uh, to them when they go to pick something out. And they say, well, you know, I, I see the commercials for the, the Galaxy S9. Do you guys offer that? You know, some of these may not. Um, and if they do... Often you'll have to pay for the device up front. They don't necessarily offer the equipment installation, like the pricing where you can, you know, spread it out over two years and just pay, hey, I'm going to give you 30, 35 bucks a month until this thing's paid off. You don't always get that with an MVNO. But on on the other side of that, you have, uh, you know, often these MVNOs will allow you to bring your own device. So... If you have an existing phone or if you bought your phone from, let's say, Samsung and you have the Galaxy S9 and you purchased it through them and you're making payments or you bought it outright, you can bring the device to the MVNO. Most of them will let you check really easily on their website if the device is compatible. They'll show you, uh, often show you key devices that, you know, they automatically will say this works with it. But every device has its own number called an IMEI. It's basically a serial number that tells people which exact phone that is. Um, You can go in and plug that into most of their websites and find out if your phone is compatible. The MVNOs will tend to kind of hide behind which network they actually use. They don't always come out and say, hey, we are a T-Mobile. You know, our network is T-Mobile. Yeah. But... When you go to the maps and look at it, sometimes they'll color code the map so you can kind of look at it and go, oh, it's a, it's a <laughs> big old, match that right, carrier. Right, it's a big red map. I'm, right. You can kind of right. assume or infer that that's Verizon. Um, but when you start to look at what devices are compatible, sometimes they'll say, bring your Sprint or T-Mobile phone. Uh, that will signal to you that this carrier actually will use either or. So if you have a, you know, so these are not, and I should have said that earlier is it's not exclusive from one brand or one carrier. So some of them might be like Boost Mobile is a Sprint brand, but there may be somebody like um, Republic Wireless who uses Sprint, but also T-Mobile. So in that your device can be, you know, when you sign up, it's like, okay, this uses the GSM network, which would be T-Mobile, or this uses CDMA, which is Sprint. 
so it's compatible with either or, but your phone doesn't necessarily hop between those two towers or two types sense. of. It's going to you know, kind of pick one, whichever one it's going to be designed for and stay right. there. So if you buy a phone, sometimes you can get one that's kind of universally unlocked. So that can work with CDMA or GSM. Then you kind of, you know, that's the benefit of buying your phone direct and going to your carrier. Then you have that control. Yeah, that seems that that would really be the way, especially now that you're saying even for your major carriers and with the MVNOs to just purchase the device outright from the manufacturer. And I mean, I'm, I'm assuming do the manufacturers offer payment plans as well? Most of them, most of them do. do. Right? Yeah, most of them will. And they'll take trade-ins of other devices. Or if, for instance, like the Galaxy S10 is coming at the time we're recording this, we're still at least a week away from the announcement. But you can now pre-register for it and you can sign up or determine what the trade-in value is of your existing phone. So if you have an S8 or an S9, you can turn that in. So you get credit for basically returning, um, you know, turning in your phone. So that would make sense because I would bet if I had a payment to Verizon... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to leave without paying that off. And that's exactly right. <laughs> and so, Instead yeah. of cell phone contracts, now you have your equipment, you have to pay the remaining remaining balance. So sometimes you'll see carriers do a contract buyout or we'll give you up to X number of dollars trade-in that's designed to kind of offset those costs with that. Okay. It might be a tough thing to, for people to do, but once you get into buying your phone direct yeah. and you own that device... You have the freedom. It's kind of like buying your computer and having the luxury of saying, which internet provider do I want to go with? Right. And I'm going to cancel, but I'm going to use the same computer with a different provider. That makes sense. Same thing with your cell phone. So does it give you all the same features like international calling or like rollover minutes or like? No. Okay. And that's that's not a a broad, that's not a a hard line, Mm -hmm. but that's going to be one of the differences between them. Um. That's also something where you look at and say, okay, so maybe I don't necessarily care about calling Canada, Mexico, or texting or traveling. I don't take the you know take the phone outside of the country. That's that's great. I'm glad you guys give me that freedom, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that you'll often find as you know added bonuses or features with a big brand. Yeah. Where MVNOs don't necessarily offer that, but then... But your cost is lower, too. Right. I'm sure, right, for the cost of what it is, it's not even that big of a deal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's a trade-off. And a lot of people, you know, they're, as I run into people and they've got different carriers, I'll ask them. As I've gotten more and more into understanding the different network operators and seeing what their rate plans are and just the selection and some of those things I'm I'm finding it harder and harder to vouch for a tier one you know one of the big four players for a lot of the people that I know I can imagine so I what so who is out there I mean who who are some of these players I mean that's I would love to know where should I be looking and what what's out there that is going to maybe fit my phone that I do have if I want to bring it somewhere else that's the uh basically we we kind of hid behind that the entire time we've talked here but um these are some brands that are available in the U.S. now these are some of the more popular ones 
Uh, Boost Mobile, as we mentioned, is a Sprint Tower or Sprint Network compatible. Cricket, Cricket Wireless, is AT&T. Metro, which was Metro PCS, is T-Mobile. Now, those are basically owned by those brands, but then there are other companies like Virgin Mobile or uh, Straight Talk or Walmart Family Mobile, Ting, TextNow, Mint Mobile, Freedom Pop. There's a lot of different companies out there, a lot of brands uh, that will work with those. Uh, Straight Talk is one, for instance, that works on all four. So if you've got a device, no matter what it is, uh, particularly if you have paid the device off or you bought it unlocked, that'll work with, you just go there and pick out your plan. Um, Google Fi is a whole other animal that we could talk about another time, but that is a, basically it's a virtual network that uses Sprint towers, T-Mobile towers, and US cellular, and Wi-Fi, of course, uh, that some devices, if they're Fi compatible, those can literally hop from a T-Mobile tower to Wi-Fi, to Sprint, to US cellular. It does that like dancing from one network to another. So, that's pretty cool. And I think that's a, a totally uh, standalone topic we can get into at some point. Right. Um, I would definitely recommend that uh, if you are considering, you know, you're at the end of a payment plan or you obviously or may not be, should be <laughs> in a contract. <laughs> um, if, if you are coming up to a, a purchasing moment or decision-making uh, I would definitely suggest that you look into an MVNO. Uh, give yourself a real, you know, what do I really need? What do I really do with my device? Um, you know, you have a lot of control over seeing how much data you're using on your phone. You can do that, but you can check your bill, check your last couple of statements, and find out, you know, how much data is this particular line using. Um, just because you can bring three or four lines to a company for 100 or 120 dollars for unlimited it sounds great but if two of those lines are using maybe a gigabyte or two right. you know maybe you can get away with sharing a 10 gigabyte plan sharing a 20 gigabyte plan that's a question and if you know this are the MVN, do the mvnos offer family plans some of them do okay some of them will give you uh you know they're not all individual lines but they will give you almost like a graduated or tiered discount. Sometimes okay. it's just here's the flat rate to add it to a, a line. Some of them do not. Some of them will just basically say it's, you know, here's what it is per line. Okay. But, you know, somebody um, like Mint Mobile, for instance, they, they're making a lot of noise advertising. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah I saw them at Super Bowl and yeah. they're, they're all over the place. So they, um, they offer... I think it's three gigabytes per month now. It used to be two gigabytes. Um, they offer different rate plans depending on how much you're willing to kind of commit to them. So you, if you prepay, you know, say for instance, um, Amazon Prime. Normally, you can pay. You know, it used to be ninety nine dollars a year. Now you can pay. What is it? Make like twelve ninety five or something yes. per month. So you can do outright. Or you can pay monthly. It's cheaper if you pay for it up front and to just kind of give yourself that full year. 
MV knows some of those will do that. Mint Mobile is one that says, hey, if you sign up for us, we have an introductory rate plan. And I don't know if you have it there on the computer, but if you sign up as a new customer, they'll give you a discounted rate for the first quarter. But then if you commit to a six-month or 12-month agreement with them, you'll get some really, really cheap rate plans. Do you have it pulled up there? Yeah, I do. And so it looks like if you sign up for a three-month on. If you sign up for a three-month plan, you have the eight gigs per month, unlimited talks and texts, premium nationwide coverage, seven-day money-back guarantee, uh, new activation required, three months, eight gigs only. But then if you go up to a six-month or a 12-month plan, then the Mm -hmm. rates keep getting cheaper. So what do you get for eight gigabytes as an example from them? I know uh, there's an introductory. There might be a shop all plans, if I remember correctly. But there might be an introductory rate that says, hey, if you try us out for the first 30 days. And, and a lot of these MVNOs will give you like a 14-day cancellation policy. Um, Here we go. Yeah, so the three-month plan, 20 gigs per month, 8 gig, for I'm sorry, $20 per month, 8 gigs, 4G LTE. That's buy one Get two months free is kind of the the promo price. Mm-hmm. So that's twenty dollars. Same plan paying for six months drops is um twenty five dollars. So oh, that's, that's your introductory rate. Yeah, plan. that's the introductory rate. The twenty goes to twenty five. Yep, and then the and then the twelve month goes back down to twenty. But okay. that's the that's the normal non introductory rate pricing. So after that promo is done. So that's just one of the examples. Um, I would definitely recommend if you're at all interested in checking those out, uh, Straight Talk, Republic, Wireless, Ting, Text Now, Freedom Pop, Mint Mobile. That's, I mean, we've named maybe a dozen here today. So there's about 10 times as many out there. Um, some of those are going to be really obvious. Some of them are going to be really obscure and only have like a small footprint. Okay. Um, I would. I would say you owe it to yourself to at least consider it, uh, especially if you own your phone and you aren't really looking to upgrade your phone. But maybe, you know, it's it's February, but people are still trying to do New Year's resolutions or stick to things. If you're just trying to save a few bucks, it might be worth it. Uh, or, you know, put two people on your family into an MVNO instead of having a two-line, four-line plan, like just kind of play around with that or look at what your options are. It is nice, of course, to keep everything under one bill and one you know day every month you pay that, but right. it is also nice to have extra money in the bank at the end of the month too. Agreed. So I would, I would at least check them out. Um, I'm not going to necessarily endorse any particular one. I know we talked a little bit more about Mint here, but that's not any type of endorsement. Yeah, it's just an, I mean, right, it's just one example at least to throw out there for pricing you're right and that that's they tend to be a little bit more aggressive right now in promoting i've seen uh tv campaigns and web campaigns that uh really try to bring you in so there's other ones out there um if you have any questions about mvnos i would you know i'd love to hear them if you have any feedback on the show if you have a different analogy that you think we should use instead of hotels, I would love to hear that. 
Um, John, did you have any other questions uh, about MVNOs? You answered them, and I do appreciate it because I was wondering about a couple things, and you cleared that up, and that was really good to hear. So I, I appreciate the conversation. That's why I'm here, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, Again, my name is Scott. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If this is your first time checking out an episode, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. Uh, You can find us at pretty much anywhere you would normally get your podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, just about anywhere, everywhere. If there's one that we should be, I would do whatever I have to to get it there. Uh, And you can also just listen to the MP3s directly. We'll try to embed that into some of our articles. Uh, Until the next episode, thanks for listening. Thanks.